0: Well, this Sunday is one of uh, goodbyes and hellos. Uh, it's our last morning with uh, Deacon Echeverria that he has concluded his time here with us and he's heads off to Rome uh, towards the end of the week, I believe. Um, but, uh, you know, and you, you realize that just the great impact he's had on our parish and our school, how popular he's become, and so it's time for him to go. I'm just kidding. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna miss you tremendously, um, and we're saying hello to Mr. Andy Wynn, who is our new pastoral intern. This is his first day with us today, and he'll be spending the year with us, and will be heavily involved in our in our school, um, as uh, as Deacon Echeverria was. So we just had a tremendous revelation about Christian discipleship, about what it means to follow Jesus, and. Uh, Let's get right into it. Let's let's explore this with Jesus, with Peter, with Paul, and with Jeremiah. And I'm gonna take us through what Jesus has asked of us as disciples about renunciation, about why we do it, how we do it, the fact that Jesus loved us first, and how the Eucharist brings it all together. So let's go. First, Jesus says, Deny yourself. The Greek here is a, more literally says, disown yourself. What does that mean? That means to renounce any claim that you have on yourself. Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, the first step you have to do is renounce any claim you have on yourself. Any part of your life you think is yours, you start saying, that's not mine anymore. Now what's important here is that this is not self-hatred. A renunciation of self is not hatred of the self, right, because ourselves are good, right, given to us by God. But it's about letting go. It's about surrender. It's about relinquishing the mastery of my life to Jesus. Because the self longs for communion, longs for love, longs to be in unity with God. And to enter into love, we have to move out of ourselves, to renounce ourselves, and to move towards the beloved. And that's the great mystery, is that, is that human fulfillment and human happiness doesn't come from getting what I want and from clinging to my life through self-affirmation getting my way, but it is about giving myself away, is where I find fulfillment and happiness and salvation. Now, this, is, this can be difficult because the, the, the self, our, in our fallen state, our self is a bit of a tyrant. Right? We're like the perpetual two-year-old. I want it what I want, and I want it now. It's about me, my wants, my desires, my way, my happiness, my plans. Such such a strong temptation to make an idol out of the self, of myself. And you know what? The world we live in just pounds that message into us. It's all about me. If you want to be happy, be selfish. Jesus is saying the opposite. And, you know, St. Peter is struggling with this part, right? We just, had, we just had, Deacon was talking about last week, right, this great revelation. Jesus is the Christ. Peter declares it. It's, it's, a, it's an epiphany that the, the Father himself has revealed this to Peter, and Jesus praises Peter. And now, you know what? Peter thinks he has a better idea about how to save the world. shouldn't involve the cross. How often are we like that with the Lord, right? Lord, I I know you're there, but here's what I'm going to do, and why don't you just come along for the ride? Just approve what I want to do. No, Jesus says we have to renounce the self. Now, here's the second It gets us to, to why. Why do we do this? Why do we renounce ourselves? We've been hinting at it up until now about entering into love. And so the reason we deny ourselves, like what do we deny ourselves for? We're not denying ourselves for something, but for someone who is greater than myself. We disown ourselves to enter into that transformative relationship of love with Jesus, God himself. And this is one of these passages in in the Gospels where Jesus is making a claim to be God. No human being can ask another human being what Jesus is asking of us. This is, his, he's, he's God and he's asking us to renounce ourselves, to take up our cross and follow him. But in order to love, I must leave myself and move towards the beloved. And this, this whole business of renouncing ourselves for something greater, you know who does that all the time? Dads and moms for their kids, right? They sacrifice, parents sacrifice their will, their bodies, their sleep, their money, the best of themselves for their children. Why? Because they love their children more than themselves. I hope all the kids here are hearing that, right? I, was, I, was, I heard from Father Mike Schmitz, uh, he recently shared this story about these two adult daughters who are watching a video of, of their dad and mom at, the, at their wedding, you know, many, many years before. And they were saying, oh yes, they're so young, they're so beautiful, they're so in love. Then we happened, and we ruined them. And the parents were like, no. We wanted to spend the best of ourselves on you. I don't want to grasp onto myself, cling to myself. I want to spend the best of myself for you. And so this brings us to the how. How do we renounce ourselves to follow Jesus? Here's where St. Paul teaches us in this beautiful dense mysterious passage from Romans 12 he starts out holy ones holy ones offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to God your spiritual worship what are we to offer the very best that I have everything here it is The best I have to give is myself. And so I renounce the claim that I have on myself and then I offer myself to him in love. And this, and this is kind of a curious phrase from St. Paul, a living sacrifice. You know what, in the old covenant, that doesn't make any sense. Every sacrifice is a sacrifice because something is killed. Something dies to be able to make that offering. And now in the new covenant, St. Paul is saying, no, it's a living sacrifice. You go on living and that each and every part of yourself and of your life now can become a sacrifice, an act of worship. Every moment now is offered to God. And so we, we renounce ourselves and we say to God, I am yours. I offer you this moment, this action, this thought, this decision, this work, this suffering, this failure, these weaknesses. All of it becomes an act of worship of God. Now I propose that Jeremiah shows us how to do this. He's not yet in the new covenant, but he's prophesying about it And there Jeremiah is in his following of the Lord as a prefigurement of Christ in his suffering. And what does does Jeremiah do? He's like, he's not there with a forced smile on his face saying, you know what? God's got a plan. Doesn't give you more than you can handle. No. He is pouring out the anguish, the sadness, the disappointment, the anger in his heart, you duped me, O oh Lord. You tricked me. You suckered me in, and I let it happen by being faithful to you. And in his suffering, see what see what Jeremiah does is he doesn't collapse in on himself, on the self, wallowing in self pity. What does Jeremiah do? He casts himself into God. He casts himself into the God whom he loves and, and is angry at right now. He feels let down by God and that his life and his vocation feel like a failure and that is part of the living sacrifice. Now in all this we come to this very important point. How is all what, what makes this possible? because Jesus loved us first. That he has done this for us already. The Lord Jesus renounced himself. He emptied himself of his glory to become one of us and to suffer and die for us. He loved us first. This is where we come to the cross. The cross is the revelation of divine love. It's who he is. Right? Pope Benedict said the cross, Forces us to look upon the fact that we are loved by God. The cross forces us to look upon the fact that we are loved by God. And so the cross is the form and the measure of love and therefore of all Christian discipleship. It's the standard, it's the ordinary, normal way of being a follower of Jesus. So being a follower of Jesus, not just following some rules or ticking some boxes or checking in with, when, when it's convenient. It's this transformative, ongoing relationship of love with him that calls for the renunciation of ourselves so that we can enter into that dynamic of love. The giving of ourselves entirely to him in love because he has already given himself entirely to us in love. And so if we wish to become like Christ, then we must be conformed, cruciformed into his likeness. And so this is the the beautiful thing when he says to take up his cross and follow him is that his one once and for all act of redemption on Calvary is open for the members of his body to participate in. And so this brings an even greater depth to what St. Paul says. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice that we are invited into his act of redemption. So that our sufferings and and our sacrifices are joined with his and it becomes redemptive for the world. Right? Jesus didn't come to form a club. He came to establish his body where everything is shared. And so we're invited into his act of redemption of saving the world. And so then suffering is no longer an obstacle to happiness and peace. It becomes the most important and the meaningful part of our lives. But to see this, we need a renewal of our minds. That's what St. Paul is inviting us into. We have to, our minds have to be renewed to be able to see that. And this is where it all comes together in the Eucharist. One, uh, a, a person that's had a, had a big impact on me in, through her writings when I was younger, in my teenage years, is Catherine de Hook doherty Not a lot of people know about her, but, but uh, she came from a wealthy Russian family and she and her family fled Russia in the Bolshevik Re- Revolution. They came to Canada. And she was living her wealthy Christian life, and then she heard the gospel that said, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and come and follow me. And in consultation with her spiritual director, she actually just did that. Sold everything and went to live in the slums in Toronto during the Great Depression. And opened a house, a friendship house, to be able to help those and give hope for those who were in such a plight. And then she went on and founded a house in Harlem in the 1930s. Uh, Ended up dying in 1985, but she had these great books in the 70s that I remember reading reading from my parents. And uh, one was called The Gospel Without Compromise. You know, had titles like that. And uh, it was reading her that I I felt something more, a call to something more in, in the way I was living my Christian life. Well, here's what she said about the Eucharist. She says, everything can be born between two masses. She, she's talking about going to mass every day. She says, if every day we consume Jesus' body and blood in the Holy Eucharist, we will be able to face any kind of day. Now, quote her here. We will plunge into the sea of fire and come out burning, ready to go forth and light fires of love. You are an empty chalice. Every morning you have to be filled. Every morning you offer yourself your day, your being, and consecrate yourself as a sacrifice to make up what is wanting in the passion of Christ. So Holy Communion is the union where all this comes together, the source of all of our strength and the power of love to be able to renounce ourselves and to take up our cross and to follow him. She says this, this intimate transformative encounter, is the source of all strength and could change the world if the fire of the Holy Spirit were really allowed to fall upon the earth and to renew it through you and me. And that all we have to do to be fiery apostolic Catholics is to love Him back. Jesus is calling us in His real presence inviting us to follow him, ask him, what's the one thing to do right now to follow you? What renunciation do I need to follow you more deeply? Discipleship starts with a no, a renunciation. I am not my own. I renounce the claim I have. I, I disown myself. That no paves the way to an infinitely greater yes of union with Jesus through the cross. Now your entire self, your whole life, every breath, heartbeat, moment, thought, suffering, failure, weakness, can be offered and made into worship of God that unites you us to him, that gives him glory, and that has the capacity to save the world.